This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. In a world without a single unified voice, humanity has been left searching for answers to the unknown. Now, one podcast has the power to change that and to spread its voice across the earth for all mankind to hear. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. Hey everybody and welcome to what I believe is episode 44 of Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray and sitting across the virtual table from me is the king of alternative facts, John Irons. Say hi, John. It's a damn dirty lie. (laughs) And joining us once again is our friend on loan from the Simply Syndicated Network. Rick, how are you, sir? It has been a while, gentlemen. How you doing? I like what you've done with the place. <laughs> yeah, we've been working on it. <laughs> but uh, and we've we've got a pretty good show for you today. I think uh, it's going to be a good show for uh, parents. So if you're a parent and you like, then you'll probably like tonight's uh, topic. If you know somebody with small kids, then do us a favor send them, send them a link to this episode because our main topic tonight is going to be our favorite family friendly. Uh, programming, movies, TV shows, and things like that. They're great for families to watch together and great kids shows. Uh, we're going to talk about some some news stories before we get to all that. If you're not a parent, don't worry, because we've got some superhero stuff to talk about and other <laughs> things. Uh, but first, three random facts. If this is your first time listening, this is the part of the show where we get just a little bit smarter, whether we want to or not. I'm going to the Amazing Fact Generator provided by our friends over at MentalFloss.com and I'm going to hit it three times and get three random and mostly useless pieces of trivia. So, are you guys ready for three random facts? I live for useless stuff. (laughs) Alright. Fact number one. Billiards was one lawn game played outdoors, which is why today's pool tables have a green felt cover. I knew that. Hmm. Do that. Well, I may have to do four. <laughs> Wonder if that's if that's in any way related to bocce. Maybe. I've never played I, bocce. Is that uh, is that like is that a long game? Yeah, it, it's okay. a it's a Italian. It's it's also a droid language. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, you, you throw the balls up in the air and stuff, and, and uh, I don't know. All right. I killed the conversation. No. <laughs> Woo! No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, is it related to Bocce? <laughs> Most people know that Video Killed the Radio Star was MTV's first video, but do you know that the second video to air 
was Pat Benatar's You Better Run. Did not know that. Well, now you do. Yeah. That's what this is all about. You know about. what? I have both of those songs in heavy rotation on my MP3 player even today. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you're like me. You, you like listening to some of the some of the oldies. My, my kids hate it when I'm uh, driving because I take over the radio and it's on the classic rock station. <laughs> Well, I, I'll tell you something you may not know is that Video Killed the Radio Star is on an album called Living in the Plastic Age, uh, or is it the Age of Plastic? I don't know, <laughs> by the Buggles. Uh, I, I I own the CD. I had to special order it because it was out of print, <laughs> like ever and ever and ever. And actually, while Video Killed the Radio Star is the best track on the album, which is you know often... The single is not the best thing on the album, but in this case it is. The rest of the album's pretty cool if you like your early uh, early 80s techno new wave stuff. Yeah. Was that was that from the Feet Don't Fail Me Now, or is that a different album? Now you're putting him on the spot. <laughs> Those are the only two songs I know from the Buggles. Oh, I, I haven't. No, I didn't know there was a... Yeah, that is not on that album. So, because yeah, I've never, I wouldn't, heard I wouldn't it. call it a hit. <laughs> I would call it their second video. The second one, yeah. Yeah. All right. Third fact: fish cough. Because that, I'm tight. That's it. <laughs> oh. F- 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 yeah, fish ca- fish cough. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And since since John knew the first one, I'll do a fourth one. Giraffes have the highest blood pressure of any mammal. Of course, they would have to because their brain is so far off the ground. That makes sense. <laughs> so, all right, that was fun. I told it you. Really sucks fun. when they nick themselves shaving. <laughs> this is true. Squirts all over the window mirror. And... <laughs> all over the rhinos. <laughs> now on to the news. Um, now, Rick, I know you guys talked a little bit about this on uh, Movie News last week, but uh, Ben Affleck has stepped down as director of the, of the Batman. And he said that he's... Okay, there's a lot of he said, she said kind of stuff going on with the story, but he said he doesn't think that he can give 100% to directing and acting in a movie that big. You know, he's directed he's directed films. None of them have been these huge tentpole action superhero films, and it's fine for a director that's that's never done it to take on a film that big, but maybe he can't do it and be the star of the film at the same time. So I was kind of excited about having an Academy Award winning director helm a comic book movie, but I think this might be the right call. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I don't think there's a problem with this at all. A lot of people are, are oh, this means the movie's going to be terrible. And I, you know... I admire and respect someone who can say, look, I can't do all of this, and rather than half-ass both of these things, I'm going to give up the center seat and just do my job as an actor. Yeah. Uh, he already wrote it. They're, they're still using his script, so I don't, I don't see a problem with it. I don't see it as a, as a harbinger of anything other than Affleck has the best interests of the movie in, in, in mind, and that's one of the reasons I've been so excited he's doing – he's involved in all the DC projects henceforth anyway, because it's obvious Zack Snyder doesn't care about the franchise and, and yeah. has openly stated that he dislikes superheroes and Batman and stuff like that. So, you know, Affleck's one of us. You know, he's a, he's a, a nerd, has been all his life. He's a comic book guy. Hey, you know, he's, he's one of Kevin Smith's best friends. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Well, Kevin Smith says that uh, Kevin Smith says that Jennifer Garner won't let him talk anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, what I what I was hinting at when I said that there's some he said she said there's a rumor going around that Ben that this wasn't entirely Ben's choice because he just came out with a film called Live by Night where he w- he acted and directed in it and it bombed. I mean, absolutely, a lot of people didn't even know don't even know that it exists. I'm kind of wondering if Warner Brothers lost a little bit of confidence in him because of that. You know, there's already they know that there's a lot of stuff up in the air with this movie because people are so hit or miss on uh, Batman v Superman anyway. And there's a filmmaker and blogger up in Canada that says that he's had three sources tell him that Affleck wants out of Batman and that Justice League may be the last time we see him wearing the cape and cowl anyway. There so, is no out of Batman. Yeah. <laughs> but Ben Affleck is quoted, his quote was, uh, there are certain characters who hold a special place in the hearts of millions. Performing this role demands focus, passion, and the very best performance I can give. It has become clear that I cannot do both jobs to the level that they require. Together with the studio, I have decided to find a partner and a director who will collaborate with me on this massive film. I'm still in this. We're still making it, but we are currently looking for a director. Of course, now they've, they've found one. They're using uh, Matt, is it Matt Reeves. Is that his name? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's uh, he, he directed Cloverfield and the, the Planet yeah, of the Apes yeah. uh, reboots and stuff now, like is he, that. Is he confirmed? The last time I looked a couple of days ago, it was still rumor. It came across okay. today that it was confirmed. It was kind of, uh, okay. it was kind of, it's confirmed. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. But today they came out and said it is absolutely confirmed that he's going to be the director. As of now, of course, this movie won't come out for three years or so. So <laughs> a lot of stuff could happen between now and then. But uh, on the other hand, Mr. Kevin Smith also had a theory of his own. Um, so, John, I know you and I have talked before about the unwarranted and confusing hatred that people have for Affleck, <laughs> you yeah. know, but, uh, you guys know, Kevin has worked with, uh, Kevin Smith has worked with, uh, Ben Affleck a few times in the past. He has a podcast called fat man on Batman, and he made the following statement and I'm going to censor it, of course, but <laughs> he said, uh, <laughs> maybe he's the kind of guy who's just like, why bother? Why am I going to step up to the plate? No matter what I do, people are going to bitch. If it ain't effing the dark night, I'm effed. But, if I'm just acting in it, my name's Paul. This is between y'all. I'm just the bat. That's <laughs> it. The guy or girl tells me what to do and go. And so you've got to be for the movie. Talk to these MFers. That's easy. That's an easier life. You don't have to sit there and take the slings and arrows. He has a point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't argue with any of that. Problem solved. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he took a lot of hits over. He he was excited about being Batman in Batman v Superman, he took some hits over it. And I really think that any of the flaws that Batman v Superman had were not because of Ben Affleck being Batman. I think, I think that he was a great Batman. The problem with Batman v Superman was all Zack Snyder. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That man should not be allowed to direct traffic. <laughs> so there's like I said, a lot of stuff can happen between now and the time that the Batman comes out. But and what happens with the Batman is really gonna uh really gonna depend on what happens with Justice League. You know. If Justice League is a bad movie, 
then, you know, they may scrap all this and do a complete rework and retooling and reboot of the whole thing. I don't you know. do realize this is DC, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they they don't they don't reboot as much as uh they're, they're gonna well, do a, do- a Trump and just double down. You want bad? We'll show you bad. <laughs> We're gonna give you the worst. <laughs> uh, so so speaking of Kevin Smith, uh, he's becoming a kind of a go-to guy when it comes to directing the CWDC shows, and he's done an episode of The Flash. He did an episode of Supergirl. Now he's headed back to Canada to direct another episode of Supergirl, and he says that this episode will have a special guest star. Terry Hatcher will be playing a villain. Of course, we all know that she played Lois Lane on Lois and Clark back in the 90s. Dean Cain already has a recurring role as uh, Kara's adoptive father, so we can hope that they'll at least have a scene together. If they don't, I don't know why they wouldn't, you know. But on on the same point. Go ahead. I'm done with the series. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to. That, that's that, that's that's stupid. You know, that's like having milk and cereal separately. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on you know on his podcast, he wouldn't say who she's playing. He could. He wasn't allowed to. He did say that it would be the villain. He also said that they're real and they're spectacular. But <laughs> of course. Oh, God. But. <laughs> Seinfeld joke for any of you guys that didn't uh, that didn't catch that, <laughs> but um, so Kevin Sorbo is also lined up to do an arc on the series as well, and the rumor mill oh, says no. that Kevin Sorbo and Terry Hatcher may be playing a king and queen from Dak is Dak is it Daxamite or Daxum Daxum Daxum, Daxum. okay so probably Monel's parents if I'm guessing. Um, yeah, because that's what this series needs is more freaking Daxamites. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Get me started on friggin' well. Actually, yeah. If you want to talk Supergirl, I'll be happy to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I watched. Uh, okay, I watched it this week, and uh, those of you that ever listened to uh, Rick's other show that he used to do, Starbase sixty six, his co-host on that, Karen, is a huge Supergirl fan, and I was watching the episode the other night, and I could tell when I was watching it that I was not watching a great episode, but for some reason I was weirdly enjoying the episode. I was laughing. And, uh, that, and I was the, sitting, uh, it was the, the, Valentine's. the Valentine's special. Yeah. And okay. I was sitting there thinking, Karen's going to be so disappointed in me. <laughs> <laughs> you could hear her teeth grinding from right. wherever you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it was, it was just dumb. The, the whole line when uh, Martian Manhunter says at the beginning, that sometimes the written word is the same as speaking it or whatever. I'm like, the opening credits aren't over, and he just gave away the ending of the episode. I mean... I, you know what? <laughs> I actually enjoyed that episode more than I've been enjoying Supergirl recently. That's what I said. I mean, I enjoyed the episode. I was laughing at the... At, 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 I can't even pronounce Mixie's real name. Mixie's Pitalik. There you go. Mixie's Pitalik. I, I enjoyed that version that's, that's of it. That's their pronunciation. I knew that they weren't going to do a full, you know, version of him from the comics because he's like a little imp or whatever, and he, it would be a lot more computer animation and stuff. They wanted a regular-looking person there for that role, so I knew that they were going to do doing the same kind of thing they did when they had him on Smallville, you know. Now, hang on a second. John, you're saying that's not the right pronunciation? Um, The animated series... Pronounced it uh, Mixer Spitlick. But, I mean, okay. you know, 
Because when when matter. I was when I was in grade school, I think I may have talked about this magazine before on here. Maybe, I, I don't know. There was a, a magazine that we got in the schools called Dynamite. Either y'all remember that? Yeah, I think wasn't that the, the the thing where you order books out of it and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they always had a, a comic section, and that's why I know like the origins of, of comics that I've never read, like Daredevil and and Spider Man and and uh, Electro and the Rhino. A lot of the, a lot of the more obscure ones. And in that magazine one time, and I have no idea why this particular tidbit of information lodged in my huh. brain, but they gave the phonetic pronunciation of that name, and it was Mixiez Pitalik. And so when he said it on Supergirl last week, I was like, yes, I was right! Yay! <laughs> I was going to say, I only know the pronunciation that I know was because when they introduced him on um, the Superman animated series, um, he... Everybody kept mispronouncing his name, so he like illustrated it. He like made little images, mix, <laughs> yes, spit, lick. Oh, I think, okay. I think, I think it was like a mixer, and like you know, like the word yes, and I can't remember if he spat or someone else spat or something <laughs> spat. But then a puppy, a green puppy, I think, licked him in the face. <laughs> so that sticks with you. I just know when, whenever I whenever I came across the word when I was reading the comic, I just skipped that word. I was like, yeah, that, <laughs> that name again. There you go. See, that, that's why he would be terrorizing your city to this day. <laughs> never get him to say his name backwards. Right. Um, so well, I, I didn't have a problem with him. I thought he was fun. Uh, and I, I loved the way he and Kara sparred. Um. The thing I don't like about what they're doing right now, one is they're turning it into a soap opera. Yeah. Uh, which, you know... Yeah, it's the CW. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, save that crap for The Flash. They're good at it over there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but it's the whole Kara and Monel thing. It just, it doesn't work, and I don't know why they keep pushing it. I don't know anyone... Well, I haven't asked you guys, uh, but I don't... <laughs> I don't know anyone that thinks that Kara and Monel belong together. Oh no, I don't think they belong together, but I don't think they're going to end up together either. I, I personally think that Monel is going to meet a tragic end by the end of the season. He's either going to go away for good or he's going to die. I, I think. You know, I don't, I don't think he's in it for the long haul. I think this is just a one season storyline. I don't actually care. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm not, uh, you know, like you said, it's the CW. It is, it is the part of the CW that, you know, I really could do without. Um, you know, she she had a thing with Jimmy, win one of the things. So I'm like, you know, there's really just, I think it's kind of the rule. If you're a guy on this show, you're, you got to be into her. Yeah. And, you know, give it a shot, see what happens. And yeah. then, you know, be some other guy. Oh, I don't have a problem with Monel wanting her. It's her wanting him back. But just and 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 just that they've replaced her de- her character development as a hero with her development as let's get her hooked up with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I really don't think I don't think I don't think that she needs anybody myself, but they oh. they kind of it, it it limits some of their storytelling and the network that they're on has to have a romant a romantic element to everything that they do, you know. So it's gonna happen. 
I ain't gotta yeah. like it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, so so whatever. So anyway, the the rumor mill says that Kevin Sorbo and Terry Hatcher are going to be playing his parents. Probably uh, Kevin Sorbo, of course, had the title role in Hercules: The Legendary Journeys before he went and did a string of Bible thumping movies. Uh, he claims he, he okay quotation mark he claims that he was given the role of Superman in Lois and Clark, and then it was taken away three days later and given to Dean Cain. And he went to do Hercules instead, and it was all good. I don't know if I believe that, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's, that's believable, I guess. Well, I, I, I do like that they're bringing back actors from past Superman properties to be in Supergirl. You know, they've already had Helen Slater and, and Dean Cain and now Terry Hatcher. I'm kind of wondering if we're ever going to see Tom Welling or Margot Kidder or somebody like that pop up. So... Nobody is going to let Margot Kidder anywhere near a soundstage. <laughs> she did show up on Smallville a couple of times, but that was 15 years ago. So, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I I loved Margot Kidder as Lois Lane, and you know, for a time, I, I I had a bit of a crush on her, and then I discovered why because she's exactly the kind of crazy that I used to be attracted to when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so last uh, news story before we move into something else. Uh, Peter Capaldi is leaving Doctor Who after next season. And no! I've got to admit that this this is not, for me, it wasn't entirely unexpected because I, I think that, well, already we already knew that Moffat was leaving. And three seasons is kind of becoming the norm for the Doctor. You know, we get a Doctor, three seasons later he leaves. You know, it's, it's kind, of be, kind of becoming a thing, but... As much as I like the 12th Doctor, I'm not really surprised that he's leaving. Haley Atwell has been kind of vocal about wanting the job. And I'll say this, I am, I'm absolutely not opposed to a female Doctor. I think that if they were to get the right woman, it could really work. And I think that Haley Atwell might be the right woman. If you don't know who Haley Atwell is, she played uh, Agent Carter. Oh. She played Agent Carter in all the uh, Marvel Well, I mean, she had her own show for a while, but she shows up in all the Marvel movies every once in a while as uh, Peggy Carter. So, Mm. so I think that she would. I think she would would make a great Doctor. Myself, I'd love to see Tilda Swinton, but yeah, I don't know that she would uh, be willing, be interested. There's a lot of names that pop up every time they 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 recast a Doctor. I don't think any of them are people that have actually been approached. I think that this is just what happens every time, and we hear. All these rumors, we get lists of people that would make good ones. Um, I do hope, however, that they have some courage to go a different route with the character this time. I, I I understand why the Doctor is always British because it's a British show, but that doesn't mean that he has to be white, and that doesn't mean they have to be that has to be male. You know, I would love it if uh, the Doctor was uh, a female. I think would be great, and if. And if uh, she was young, like, like younger than like young, young, like a teenager looking young, because I think that would be, I think it would, you would get a lot, you'd get a lot of interesting storylines of no one believing that it's the doctor. Yeah. For, you know, until it's too late or, I just, just, you know, I think, I think you could do, I think you could do a lot with it. Um, if you do it right, I mean, you know, don't have them go through puberty. Yeah. 
forty thousand year old puberty. No one wants to see that. And they uh, were bra- they were brave enough to make the master a female, and it worked out great. You know. Yeah. So personally, well, I and think- they also go ahead. They they also get, uh, established uh, on Capaldi's uh, at the end of the, uh, the his last season, not counting the uh, the, the Christmas special. Um, when Rassilon, no, not Rassilon, it was the uh, the the head of of the Gallifreyan security force or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor killed him because he was like, remember, he was like, what? How oh, many right. re- regenerations oh, yeah, you right. got left? That's right. One, bam. Um, and then he came back as a woman, and he's like, finally. Or she, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> right. I finally got back to this. So the the precedent is there uh, between the master slash mistress and that. Uh, and also when uh, on the night of the doctor that that web short before when 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 he became the war doctor and the 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 sisterhood of Karn was like you can be whatever you want man woman uh, you know curly hair long I don't know she went down this whole list of things but uh, you know it was essentially saying a time lord can be whomever they want to be uh, or or maybe not. I don't think they get to choose with re- with actual regeneration, but the precedent has been set very strongly in the last couple of years that race, gender, nationality, all of that is up for grabs when it comes to regeneration. Yeah, they've kind of hinted that the Doctor really gets a lot of uh, a lot of say in who he becomes because they did at the end of the uh, 50th anniversary special when Tom Baker came back. You know, he kind of hinted that, you know, maybe in the future, you know, he might go back and revisit some of his old faces and stuff like that. And then and then there was also the storyline from this past se- I think it was this past season. This past season was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they they kind of tried to explain <clears throat> the fact that Peter Capaldi was already on Doctor Who as another character from ba- the, the episode back in... Um- uh, on Pompeii, you know, and kind of insinuated that he picked a face from his past that he, someone that he had met and, and, and became that person or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. They kind of, they kind of, um, a couple of, a couple of times they've implied that it's, there's, you know, there's like a subconscious decision as to like qualities that the doctor wants his new, his or her new face to have. Yeah. I I think you're right. I don't think it's a decision so much as a, Subconscious imperative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you guys have anything that you've seen recently that you wanted to talk about before we move into the main topic? Lego Batman was seen... great. John Wick 2 was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Lego Batman was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I suspect we'll talk more about that. Yeah. Um, have Have you seen the trailer uh, for uh, Alien Covenant? No, I haven't. I have seen of it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like I've 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 seen the link, but I I, I haven't I haven't clicked it. So I'm I'm I've, aware that it exists. I've not yet seen it. Yeah, I, I watched it, um, and I, it looks good. But at this stage, so did Prometheus's trailers. So yeah. uh, I'm I'm still in the people I trust are going to have to see this and tell me it's awesome if they're going to get me into a cinema see it because Prometheus was so bad. I was just curious if you guys had a, had seen the trailer. I haven't watched um, it yet. Um, I did hear a rumor that um, James Cameron is coming back to the Terminator franchise 
I mean, of course, they're not doing a sequel to Terminator Genesis. They're doing, they're going to, I guess, reboot the whole thing. But, I, and whether it's... Sorry. You're going to reboot the Terminator? That's true. Control like off, the second one. Control off the lead. Just turn them off and turn them back on. That could have <laughs> ended the whole movie. But, um... I, I, it's not clear whether he's going to actually direct it or if he's just going to have like some kind of producing thing going on. But the, I think the only thing that could save Terminator would be James Cameron. <laughs> you know, because the, the the only two Terminator movies that were good were the first two. <laughs> and he directed those. You know, once they got away from that, it started really going, you know, down. And, and I hope that they realize that they don't have to have Arnold to make a Terminator movie because no. Arnold is too old. I know he doesn't think he is. He doesn't, you know, he, he thinks he looks the same as he did 40 years ago, but he doesn't, you know? Um, so if they could just reboot it, use somebody else or whatever, I think that they could make a good movie, but I don't know. I think they did make a good movie. They made two good movies. True. Let it go. <laughs> True. Yeah. Let it go. Just, yeah. just do new stuff. <laughs> that is that is the that is the um, the constant paradox and temptation of time travel is that you always want you always want to go back and fix things, but at some point you just need to walk walk away and accept that this is reality. And there and are a lot it, of bad Terminator movies, and you don't, and that's it. The balance the balance is done. And doesn't Cameron have a franchise that he's supposed to be working on? Avatar. Uh, yeah. It's like yeah. Once or yeah, twice a year, true. he's like, "Oh yeah, Avatar is uh, is is working. Yeah, we're doing it. We're gonna." And do then it. you don't hear anything again for another six months. You know, I I but I don't I don't think he's lying. I think just whatever vision he is trying to put on the screen, they have to build the technology to do. Just like they kind of do every time he makes a movie, so he's like, "Yeah, they told me to take a year to, you know, get the clouds to run backwards." Like, what does he mean? Don't worry about it. Just, <laughs> you'll you'll know when you see it. It'll make sense when you see it. Yeah, because that that was that was the main draw of the first Avatar. I mean, it it, it looked fantastic and it was groundbreaking in its uh in, in the imagery and all that the story we've seen i mean it's dances with wolves <laughs> or or fern gully yeah fern gully there you go and uh but i guess if he wants to come back and and do another one which i think originally he said he was doing he's going to do two more and then he said i'm going to do three more or whatever um he's going to want to up the ante a little bit and make it even bigger and more spectacular and and uh, maybe maybe they're not quite there yet. I don't know. But but speaking of uh, Terminator, you know they did th- the the best follow up that they could have done was the TV show that they canceled. You know, Sarah Connor Chronicles was a uh-huh. great was a great show. And well, it was it was great for nine episodes, and then <laughs> yeah. the writers' strike killed it. Right. Yeah. Then it then it stopped making sense. Yeah. We, yeah. I w- my my wife and I loved that show so much, and then and then after the writer strike when they came back, it just it just never got that momentum back. It just was never. Is that about the time that Brian Austin Green came came in? I think that was. Um, I think he uh, was. I don't. For me, no, it, they didn't. Was, it was when it was her behavior was inconsistent. Yeah. 
because uh, uh, like the beginning they established that she can she could um behave like a quote-unquote normal teenager you know if if the scenario required it uh but later she was she was basically she was like data like she was clearly robotic even when she tried not to be which to me is like the mortal sin i'm like no whatever your reality is stick to it if she could do this before why can't she do it now yeah yeah i kind of remember some of that too yeah Yeah, aside from aside from from the crazy time travel you know, yeah. shades of inception deepness. <laughs> the the uh, if, if you watch the series, um, you get to episode nine and um, uh, um, Cameron gets blown up, and that was the season finale. And we were, uh, and I don't know why I didn't realize it was a writer strike thing. I was like, season finale already? Why? And then found out that was just the last one that had been written before the writers all went on strike. Yeah. And then that thing went on for months and months and months. Um, and so, and it was never meant to be a season finale. It was just a, you know, an episode. Uh, and then when they came back from the, uh, from the, the, the strike, and I don't know if it was just a matter of they, they lost some people or if it was the fact that the writers just got their asses handed to them in the strike and they just didn't care anymore, uh, you know, or or what. But yeah, then it just started becoming your average run-of-the-mill TV science fiction garbage. And by the time they got to the the supposed cliffhanger at the end of the season, where they they tried to go into the future and ended up scattered across the, I could, I did, I I was glad it got canceled because I didn't want to have to care about that storyline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, um, okay, before we Much go... anger in us this week. Mm. <laughs> before we go into our main topic, I wanted to this mention... This is what happens when, we, when it's too long between... Yeah, between it's, been like, it's been like three or four weeks since we recorded. Too so. much stuff to catch up on. Uh, one, one other thing I wanted to, I wanted to mention, and I, I don't have a lot of information on it, but enough people said that um, Stranger Things was was a lot like something that Stephen King and, and Steven Spielberg could put together that Stephen King and Steven Spielberg actually got together and now they're making a show. So (laughs) there's a show coming out on Hulu sometime this year called Castle Rock. And, uh, and it's basically a series set in Stephen King's fictional universe of Castle Rock or the, the town of Castle Rock, where a lot of his, uh, works either take place or they're mentioned, you know, Shawshank Prison is in uh, Castle, or is close to Castle Rock, and and a lot of the other stories like uh, uh, it and all that takes place in, in Castle Rock. So that they're and if you watch the preview, it looks a lot like the preview of Stranger Things. So I think it's borrowing some of that imagery. So that'll be interesting. Hmm. All right. I'm not a huge. Stephen King fan, and nor did I. I, I watched the premier, the the pilot or the first episode of uh, Stranger Things, and it didn't hook me. So I'm not the best to comment on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that this might be. Well, I mean, if you're not a if you're not a Stephen King fan, then you probably won't be interested in it. But I think this will be the answer to the to the uh, people that were already grown in the '80s, and so the, some of the nostalgia stuff doesn't hit them the way that it does 
people that are my age, you know, so this might be a little more along those lines, but I don't know. We'll, well see. That's me. I'm going to do something a little different. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to listen to, well, the listeners are, you guys aren't. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to listen to an ad for our friends over at the uh, World War G po- podcast. And after that, I have an interview that I'm going to play for the listeners. I had a chat earlier this week with a guy by the name of Matthew Goodson Orr, who is one of the people putting together a convention up in New York City called BorrowCon. And a friend of the show, Christopher DeFilippis, put us in touch with each other. And I had a chance to talk with him for a few minutes about the convention. So I'm going to play that. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about family-friendly programming. So... We'll be back in just a few minutes. After these messages, we'll be right back. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Thanks, Sean. Hey, everybody. I'm Troy. And I'm AJ. And we're the hosts of the World War G podcast. And we know Sean and John do great things. But if you need just that little bit more nerd in your life. A little bit more geek in your week. Then head on over to worldwarg.podbean.com. Where we talk about everything from movies and television. Comic books and video games. Check us out at worldwarg.podbean.com. Back to you, Sean. All right, listeners, you guys have heard me in the past talk about some of the different conventions that happen in in my area. Mainly, we have the Magic City Con here in Birmingham, and of course, there's the big one that is uh, Dragon Con over in Atlanta. But I wanted to kind of open up the floor and let people from other parts of the country come on the show and talk about some of the conventions that happen in their neck of the woods. And to start us out tonight, we're going to take a few minutes out of this week's episode, and we're going to talk about a convention that's happening up in the New York area called BorrowCon. And here to talk with me about it is Matthew Goodison Orr. Matthew, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing pretty good. So uh, this is the first year for BorrowCon? Uh, yeah. BorrowCon is as an inception. It is its first year. Um, but for most of us, it's really more like year five or six. Um, previously, myself and my team worked on uh, another convention uh, at the University of Central Florida um, at, called NitroCon. So we put that on for about four or five years or so. Um, and then, you know, most of us all graduated and, um, I went to law school and most of us went our separate ways in, in the real world. Um, but now, you know, we're, we're back together and we're putting together another convention this time up in New York. So, you know, even, even like I said, so even though BorrowCon is technically in its first year, really for us, it's, it's a really a continuum of, of something else. Okay. And I know I've now you're talking to somebody that's only been to New York City one time in his life. So <laughs> I know that New York has um has five separate boroughs. Yeah. Uh so tell me where 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 the name comes from. Well, the name just comes from um you know, from the fact that there are five different boroughs and you know, without in a way they each contribute to being um uh, to making up, you know, the composition of New York uh geographically and culturally. You know, each comes with its own identity. Um, I'm personally not from New York, uh, originally, um, I'm from, from Georgia. So, uh, as I've lived up here for the, for the last couple of years, I've really come to understand and actually kind of appreciate, um, you know, the fact that each one is, is kind of is its own, has its own culture. They have their own way of how they approach things. Um, you know, different types of, you know, so diverse, the different types of people, um, you know, and it, so, you know, each one, so it's our way of kind of paying, paying homage and paying tribute to the fact that, 
you know, we were trying to represent all the different aspects of New York, uh, make it so diverse and so unique. Um, but at the same time, you know, are, are all inclusive of all things. So, yeah. Do you have any uh, special guests lined up that you want to highlight? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we've got a ton um, that you'll see us roll out in the, in the next coming weeks. But um, so far, you know, we've our, our big two that we've rolled out, we've rolled out um, Kari Payton, Franson. Um, we just rolled out Johnny Brennan earlier today. I don't know if you're a big Family Guy fan or yeah. a big Jerky Boys fan, depending on the generation that you associate right. with. But, um, you know, a big in big in either world. So there's more that are that are loaded that are in the silo and coming out soon. But those are the three that, that uh, the three big you know ones that we kind of rolled out thus far. And um, you know, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about the the whole lineup that we're that we're gonna have. Every uh, every convention that I've been to has some kind of a special event or something that's kind of unique to that convention. Like Dragon Con has the big parade that goes through downtown Atlanta and all that kind of stuff. So what do you guys have going on at this one that you think is unique to BorougCon that you probably won't see in other places? Well, well, as someone who comes home every every Labor Day somewhat religiously for Dragon Con, um, yeah. one thing I, I, I do like to see that our convention does is um, – try to give people a unique experience, you know? So, so when you come, I think people kind of have this, this hidden trump card of, of what they want their good con experience to be. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm some magician and I know what that, what that trump card is or how I'm going to yeah. achieve it for them. But I want them to be able to come away from the experience feeling like they, they enjoyed themselves. They had fun, you know, for them. Um, you know, everyone comes at it with a different, um, a sort of different gateway drug, so to speak. You know, for me, it was anime. For other people, it's comics. Other people, it's TV and film. For other people, it's, it's manga and so on and so forth. Um, so really trying to make sure that there's, for me, you know, an even balance and a little bit of something for everybody. So it's not just about doing a, a good job, so to speak, but really make sure that, you know, people feel like they, they were engaged and they, they had a good time. In a, in a way that they wanted to have a good time. And that, to me, is, is what I think makes us unique. But at the same time, I would also say, on a more tangible level, what makes us unique, I think, is the uh, kind of unparalleled exposure that we try to give people. You know, we don't, we don't try to hide behind the red tape. We like to, you know, put our celebrities in front of people. We want to make yeah. sure that people have access to as many you know, the best vendors and artists that are out there um, in, you know, in the area and that, um, we can, we can locate, you know, we try to give the very best to people as far as you know, the programming is put out there because, you know, that's what people want to see. I think that conventions kind of, this is maybe the Southern, the Southern man, the Southern gentleman in me that, you know, compares everything to college football, but I think people <laughs> have, you know, these different divisions that they put conventions in and, you know, certainly something like Dragon Con is, is like, you know, the Alabama of the world. But, you know, I try to approach it where, you know, we run our own race. And um, yeah. I think that that's what makes the convention different. You know, that it's something that's geared not towards yeah, us gauging our success. But, you know, really our success is knowing that people leave, you know, feeling that they had a good time. Yeah. And, some, and sometimes smaller is better because, I mean, Dragon Con is great. Uh, I've I've never been to Comic Con, but you know I, I know it's just, it, there's crazy amounts of people at, at 
Comic Con every year. Oh yeah. But uh, I go to Magic City Con here in Birmingham, which mm. is a much smaller convention. Of course, it's only been I think this year will be its third year, mm. and some of the most fun panels that I've been involved in only had maybe twenty people in the audience. Oh yeah, and and you keep seeing some of the same people in panels over and over throughout the day, and you kind of develop a a little bit of relationship with them, and and it just makes the whole the whole thing better. What 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 do you love about conventions, personally? Personally, for yeah. me, it's um, uh, two things. One, um, for me, I've I've always enjoyed, um, I've always personally, I've always enjoyed cosplay contests. Just because, mm-hmm. yeah. whether, I mean, whether it's, you know, maybe a, what people might think is a, a lesser caliber or a higher caliber, to me, frankly, uh, you know, I can't even string two dark bags together. So, these costumes, like, I'm blown away because, right. yeah. you know, like, the, the detail. I mean, like I said, regardless of if, if it's the best or the worst you've ever seen, like, to me, I, I just appreciate the, the time and effort people put into that kind of stuff. That, you know, commitment. <laughs> and I understand yeah. that. Um, yeah. but I also enjoy just, um, I enjoy, you know, to get, you know, I see, it. I think this is the part is that I always kind of let guest list at a, at a final convention kind of be until the day of. So it's kind of like a Christmas gift that you leave wrapped. And, you know, usually when I get there, I'll look up who's there and, you know, because you don't know most people when you hear a name. So you say, you know, you'll say, you know, Johnny Brennan. And to, to most people, that, that's just a name. But then when you sit on Wikipedia and you Google it, and you're like, oh, my God, that's yeah. who that is? That's, <laughs> right. that's, that's what that person done? Right. And then, you know, that creates more excitement. Um, so that's something that I, I enjoy, you know, uh, just kind of, you know, seeing if, you know, engaging with, just engaging with guests, you know, getting to, to know them, I think, because, you know, most times you – you see, when you see them uh, in whatever role they're doing or whatever it is they're doing, they're a comic artist or voice actor or whatever, you know, it's larger than life, obviously. So when you see them in, as, as regular people, it's, it's, uh, it's really nice. So, what, uh, what part of the city is the convention going to be in? It'll be in Queens. So okay. it'll, be, it'll be at St. John's University, uh, May 26th to the 29th. And it is, uh, that's, that's in Queens. And so if people go to boroughcon.com, you'll see, um, you know, all the information for the convention, you know, tickets are on sale, all that stuff is, is located all on our website. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put, I'm going to put links on the, the, this episode's show notes and on our website at uh, cosmicpotato.com. I'll put all that kind of stuff on there. And as it gets closer, I'll post some links to our uh, Facebook and Twitter pages. So, guys, if you're going to be in the New York area in May or if you want to make a, a special trip up there just just for this, you know, go to this convention and, and, and help a, a new and, uh, and small convention to be able to grow and over the years become something uh, really big. Mm. So, all right. Well, Matthew, uh, thanks for joining me today and good it's luck with, uh, with BurrowCon. All right. It's my pleasure. All right, we're back. So uh, that was awesome. <laughs> that dude is great. You guys remember uh, Troy and AJ were on the show a couple of months back, and we were talking about The Walking Dead, and we'll probably have them back uh, when this season wraps up in a couple of weeks. And uh, 
but you should definitely head over and check out their show. So, uh, so family-friendly programming. And I'm going to admit something, guys. I don't watch a ton of family-friendly stuff because my kids are 19. <laughs> my kids are 19 and 15, and I haven't watched any kids shows in a while. So uh, I do have some things um, to talk well, about, but I'm I'm going to kind of be riding shotgun on this conversation. So uh, <laughs> I know both of you guys have have small kids. So I'm going to go to uh, what were you going to say, John? No, no, I, I figured we would we would like each kind of. Uh, yeah, I, fi- I figured you would you would have the the older kid recommendations. Well, th- that's the thing. Older kids don't watch TV with their parents. You know, <laughs> they uh, the, the 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 boy one, which is nineteen, uh, <laughs> play, plays Xbox. You know, he plays Xbox all the time, and the girl one, which is fifteen, watches makeup tutorials on YouTube all the time. So <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, but I mean, I do have have some stuff that you know we'll have we'll have a uh, forced family TV night, and <laughs> we'll watch some, and and I'll, I'll tell you some of the We're stuff bonded, that we want. Damn it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Rick, you want to start? Oh, okay. Are we are we uh, TV movies? Everything? Any or uh, I was just TV? Ev- everything, I guess. Okay. Uh, well, actually, <clears throat> excuse me. So I go through puberty again here. Um, I, I have a five-year-old daughter. Uh, just uh, uh, in case I haven't mentioned that a thousand times yet. Um, and she has discovered a show recently that um, has kind of taken me by surprise. It's called um, Mar- uh, is it, Oh, geez. I think it's called. The, the miraculous ladybug or miraculous or something yeah. it's something along those lines yeah it's a it's it's a french uh superhero cartoon cgi cartoon that's very much based in anime um but you know because it's animated it's you know everything's in english except the like they don't bother to change like writing um but it takes place in paris and it's it's actually kind of cool it's a little more soap opery than i like uh, it, it probably appeals more to the to the little girls, um, but ha- have you seen this one, John? I have. My my okay. daughter watched it too. She's six. Okay, yeah. It it's a Netflix show. Um, is it Netflix? Yes, yep. Netflix. Um, and the the idea is you've got these two teenagers. You've got Marinette, who is Ladybug, and then you've got I forget what the the cat noir's real name is. Um. And they're just a couple of teenagers at high, in high school, and but they have these these uh, miraculouses. Hers is is a, a was a yo-yo or a compact or something, and and his is a ring. I, I haven't watched it too closely. <laughs> it's it's like I'm with on, you. it's on all the time. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, they're 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 superheroes and they're fighting against this dude who sits in a clock tower and turns butterflies evil, and then they go out and make people turn evil. Uh, and then they try to steal the miraculouses, which are the, the talisman that turn them into the superheroes. And of course, it never works, and the bad guy is always thwarted. And and but the best part about this, the thing, there's two things I really like about it. One is that, uh, well, actually, there's three, three, three things, sir. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one is that there there are there's a cast of characters in this show, and they're like all kinds of body types. All you know, the, the, 
diversity that the people aren't all just stunningly gorgeous like marinette's best friend is the big mole on her forehead and and uh <laughs> you know her dad is just sort of this big popeye looking dude and and uh it's it's not all, all just pretty people and it's you know when you when you realize this is a french show it it seems like it's kind of the opposite of what you would expect from our french show um two it, and i think this is hilarious as they're as they're uh, just regular people, Marinette and and the the other superhero, she has a crush on him, and he doesn't know it, and it's you know that whole dynamic. But when they are Ladybug and Cat Noir, he has a crush on her, but they don't know who each other are in real life. And I think that's that's a, a brilliantly innovative uh, twist there. And then the third thing that I really like about it is even though like when they both transform, it's like straight out of Sailor Moon with the poses and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is they're not hypersexualized like you get in either American comics or, you know, the Japanese anime stuff. There's no panty shots while they're transforming. She doesn't suddenly get, become a 36 double D when she becomes Ladybug, <laughs> stuff like that. Um and it's, you know, there's one season so far, and I think we've seen each episode of it about 450 times in the last month. Uh, and it's, it's you know, as such things go, it's really not that annoying. Um, it, I know that's that's not a ringing endorsement, but, you know, for parents, <laughs> if there's you know something that's going to be on... Hmm? It is. It really is. Yeah. So and, and, uh, Season two uh, is supposed to come out in May. Hmm. Both of my kids are, are, are you know, my, my older, I have a 19-year-old. Uh, however, she uh, she has Asperger's syndrome, and so she's probably more like 14 or 15 mentally. Mm -hmm. And so they both just squeal like crazy when this show is on. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen, um, uh, you know, you, are, you, are, you watch the obligatory one to make sure it's okay for them to watch. Yeah. And I think I think I I think I, I saw that and I saw um, maybe one or two, and I remember thinking it was uh, okay, it's fine. So now like, and I know that she she watches them um, on her tablet. Um, so yeah, so I asked, we actually had a conversation about it the other day. I'm like, okay, so tell me tell me about this show, and she she basically she told me everything that you just told me with uh, <laughs> far more detail, and she knew you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, John, what have you got on your list? Well, um, let me just let me say the the you know you're like uh, it's not too annoying for parents. Not that that's a ringing endorsement. That was uh, that was literally like the idea that I had for this show. It was like <laughs> <laughs> because if you're a parent of young kids, you're going to have to watch this stuff. So what stuff? Can you actually enjoy? And you know, when we've talked about, you know, other animated shows, you know, we talked about like, uh, you know, some superhero stuff or Adventure Time or, um, you know, other animated shows. But I, but like, I don't let my kids watch Adventure Time. Like, <laughs> like you know, anything younger than I would say like eight. It's like there's some stuff that's legit scary. Oh yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and there's stuff that they will watch that's like, uh, 
like How to Train Your Dragons got a series. Like there's a bunch of series like you know that they can watch, but you know they're still at the age where they're you know one's learning to read, one's learning like his you know the, the boy is younger. He's you know he's learning his numbers. He's he's learning like the basics. Yeah. So I've got to watch that stuff too. So here's <laughs> so, the, so like yeah so like literally this was this was the idea of 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 this show for me was uh, because so much of it is just mind numbing. You're like this can't be good for my kid. Like <laughs> <laughs> I can feel my own brain turning to oatmeal watching this. Like it's not this this cannot be helpful. Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so so yes, not annoying for parents is in fact a ring endorsement. Was where I was going. <laughs> well, you've got um, you've got different kinds of kid programming too, because you've got the stuff that is uh, the shows that they learn from, and then you've got the shows that are just brain candy. You know, right? Like, exactly. Like I mean, they're not going to learn anything from watching SpongeBob, but they like SpongeBob as long as they don't watch six hours of SpongeBob every day. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, right, that's what I'm saying. So that's like, where the like, parenting comes in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, stuff well, like, it's like Sh- Sharon and I have have uh, uh, an agreement because she always wakes up. She gets up at 7 a.m. no matter the day, and uh, so on school days, that's that's like half an hour before she really needs to start getting ready for school. So I let her watch something, but she has to watch something that she learns from mm-hmm. on on the weekend. She can watch whatever she wants, or after school, she can watch whatever she wants, but. In that half an hour every morning, before breakfast, she ha- if she wants to watch TV, it's got to be something she can learn from. Yeah, right. That's a good policy. So, <laughs> in that vein, let's see. I'll start with. Uh, I think I, I think I did these in order of um, age appropriateness. So the uh, the youngest uh, that I've got is um, Wally Kazam. That's that's on uh, Nick Jr. and I would say that's good for like three and up. Um, and again, all of these are uh, John approved as <laughs> you can actually enjoy this while you're watching it. So uh, Wally Kazam is about uh, it takes place um, in this forest, and Wally Trollman is a troll, and um, as all good theme songs do, it explains the whole plot in its verses. So he <laughs> finds a stick, he waves it in the air, all these magic words start flying everywhere. Uh, so basically, he so every day, every episode features a different word or letter or sound, and he uses magic stick to make stuff appear. You know, it teaches you know b- basic reading, phonics, um, but it's good because it's. Uh, it's it's got a sense of zaniness that I appreciate, uh, like like random jokes, which I'm always a fan of. Funny random jokes. Um, actually, I wrote notes on this. Let's see. Blah blah blah. Not so much with actual plots, but the adventures are fun and original. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, like. N- I said it takes place in the forest. He's a troll. Everyone, all of his friends are some kind of what would traditionally be called, you know, like a monster. Like his friends are like, it's like a giant. 
uh, there's an ogre, there's a goblin. Bob Goblin is his name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, and he's the closest that like the show has like a villain per se, but there's not. It's I mean they get in adventures, but like nobody's really bad. So you know, kind of along the lines of what you were saying with like the different body types, like uh, I, I like that they're all what are stereotypically thought of as monsters, but are you know cute and learny friends. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's oh, and the, the songs are actually really good too. Every episode will probably feature at least one song, um, which may or may not have anything to do with... Actually, it never really has anything to do with the letter they're learning. Um, but it will have to do with the adventure that they're on. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> I realize now as I'm describing this, I can't really make it sound as good as I think it is. <laughs> um, so I'll leave it there. <laughs> Alright. Wally Kazam. Wally Kazam. All right. Well, the first one on my list is—it's on my list. It's not really a good show, but <laughs> but it's—it's it, it, Fuller—it's Fuller House on, on uh, Netflix, and Full House was huge back in the '90s, and uh, they've been rerunning it on cable for years and years. And, and my daughter loved the reruns uh, as she was growing up. So when the new one started, we watched it, and it's even goofier than the original and that's pretty hard to do but but it's clean and it has a lot of funny jokes and it'll it'll scratch that nostalgic itch every now and then but i don't recommend binge watching it because <laughs> <laughs> like i said it's not it's not a great show it's just it's 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 a show that you can watch with your kids and you won't you'll laugh you'll laugh at some of the jokes and you won't be constantly just checking your phone. That's the one thing that I try not to do is when I'm wa- am watching something with my kids is not sit there and look at my phone the whole time. I actually watch it because if I'm looking at my phone, then they're going to pull out their phones, and then we might as well not be watching anything, you know. <laughs> but yeah. you know, don't don't binge watch it because there's only so much cheese that you can eat before you're clogged up for good. But <laughs> 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 so we watch uh, we watch an episode or two once a week. <laughs> Actually, the second season came out in January, and we're only about halfway through it, you know. And I think they did, I think they did like twelve or thirteen episodes per season. And uh, so, yeah, Fuller House. It's goofy. It's got some. It's got some stupid jokes, and it's and it's got some classic uh, uh, sitcom tropes, you know, like scold the dog, and the dog puts his puts his paw over his nose like he's like he's crying, and you know that kind of that kind of it's that kind of show, you know. So, so yeah. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. <laughs> okay, Rick. <laughs> okay. Um, I I'd like you know I I've I've got a list of stuff here, but I just I just thought of something that I'd really like to uh, recommend. Uh, both for being good, being interesting, and as as all right, I will own this. It's not annoying. <laughs> Drive you nuts. Um, and it's a series of movies. Uh, it's it's Disney. And it's the Tinkerbell movies, and I don't let me, I don't know if I can if, I'll try to name them all if I can. I may even get them in order. Uh, there's Tinkerbell. Uh, uh, is it Tinkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue? Tinkerbell. Uh, they don't have to be in order. But yeah, and I, what's the one where she has to go get the the, the magic mirror? Um, 
anyway, there, there's a bunch of them. Uh, they are really, really well done. Uh, they're fun. They're, they're, Tinkerbell and the Secret of Wings will make you freaking ball your eyes out. <laughs> that was uh, good. I, you know... It, you know, my brother and I have it, it, it's all about Tinkerbell meeting her sister and stuff. But you know, it's just there's there are some scenes that just like I'm sitting there and I'll be sitting next to Sharon and I'll just start sniffling and I'm like <laughs> I, you know, I just start giving her hugs and she's like Daddy. <laughs> um, the Never Beast is good. The Never Beast is awesome too. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. There, there's a it. They're just they're they're fun. They're very. It, okay. I have a problem with Disney and their their princess BS. Uh, like, the the whole love at first sight, happily ever after, royalty is better than anybody crap that Disney peddles really, really gets on my nerves. Um, and Tinkerbell doesn't do any of that. In fact, the very few times you see any royalty, it's Queen Clarion, who's voiced by... Uh, by um, Damn, I am locking up tonight. Uh, she was she was on uh, Marticia Adams. She was in Ice Pirates. Why can't I remember her name? Uh, and uh, Angelica Houston. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Tinkerbell and and, and Tinkerbell's always getting into trouble. You know, that's that's Tinkerbell's thing. And there's this great cast of characters. Um, there's a little teeny tiny itty bitty bit of romance, but it's just it's like so minuscule that it does not in any way impact there you know, there's just sort of this one dude, Terrence, who kinda has a crush on Tinkerbell. It's like it's like grade school level. Exactly. Um but the stories are fun. The the animation is really nice. There's wonderful music. It I mean it's beautiful to watch. Uh and they're all ve- they they all have these real empowering find your find yourself sort of messages uh, that aren't insipid. They're not like you need somebody else to make your life whole or uh, you know eat your vegetables, kids, or anything like that. It's like Tinkerbell is a screw up, but she still manages to 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 win in the end by being a good person. Mm-hmm. And I I just I really enjoy the Tinkerbell movies, and they're. I mean, I, the, you can find them on, on Netflix and Amazon probably, uh, but we have them all on DVD because, uh, you know, she wants to watch them over and over and over again. Uh, and I guess I highly recommend the Tinkerbell movies. Nice pick. I think, I, yeah, I think I've seen one or two of them when my daughter was a little younger. But, yeah, she's grown out of them now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but. All right, John, what you got? All right, uh, my next up is, uh, I would say, ages five and up um, on PBS Kids, and I think the first season's on uh, Amazon. Uh, Word Girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You, got, you guys have seen this? Uh, years yeah. ago, but I, I have seen it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to pick stuff that was fairly recent, and I didn't honestly realize how, how long... Word Girl had been Oh, on. yeah, Word Girl's and, been around for at least 10 years because my daughter used yeah, to watch it when she was little. So. Yeah, it's like 10 years old. Uh, but, yeah, so basically it's like a... <laughs> it's like a kinder, gentler Powerpuff Girls, except there's just one of her and she has a monkey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and 
Yeah, so she uses the power. She's from the planet Lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, she uses the power of words and vocabulary. Like, she's, she still flies, and she's super fast and super strong and all that stuff. Um, so, like, her word abilities are, like, not necessarily how she defeats the bad guys, but it usually, like, some aspect of that has, like, plays into her her winning plan, I guess, you know, her cleverness. Um, I love... Love word girl. <laughs> in the like, like, in the isn't Christopher Lloyd on that? Uh yeah, I think he's he's yeah. one of the I can't remember. He's like I think he's the bad guy or one of the two bad guys. Yeah. Or something. yeah, there's like the villains are great. Yeah, the villains are straight up. They are the kind of villains that I used to come up with. Like when I was <laughs> dabbling in comics. Like one of them is uh, Lady Redundant Woman. <laughs> uh, who, who her power is she creates clones of herself and obviously she speaks in the way that you know, repeats herself and says the same things in different ways and makes her same point in different ways with different words or the same words she'll say the same thing in a lot of different ways is what I'm saying Yeah. when she talks with her mouth that's how she talks <laughs> uh, let's see big left hand guy like that's his name and he's <laughs> like his left hand is super strong and he also has like a supernatural ability to hail a cab. <laughs> it sounds like some of the. Uh, like, it sounds like some of the villains from the old uh, the Tick the cartoon. Yeah, like, it's, like it's, the, it's, the, the mad bomber that bombs at midnight. Well, I wonder yeah. what he's gonna do. He's he's gonna bomb at midnight. <laughs> it it is very it is very self aware. Like they have a narr- yeah again like Powerpuff Girls. They have a narrator that um, you know interacts with the character sometimes. There's like a so, game let's... show at the end. Was that? Let me ask you a quick question about it. I, we've, mm-hmm. I've only seen like the little, you know, 30, 45 second shorts in between shows. Is there, are there actually like full length episodes of it? Yes. Oh. And I think that's, yeah, I think it, I think it evolved because I never saw it when there were shorts. But um, as I was, surprisingly, this is like the first episode I ever did research for. So, <laughs> but as I was looking stuff up, yes, it started out as a shorts and it got evolved. Uh, yeah, because I remember when my when my daughter when my daughter was watching it when she was she was younger, so she was probably five or six, so you know nine ten years ago. But the ones that we watched were thirty minute episodes, or it may have been a thirty minute episode that had actually two fifteen minute episodes in it, or something like that. But they were they were longer than just forty five seconds. Yeah, yeah. The, the each episode has has two uh, shorter episodes in it, and like you know some like little filler stuff where they. Um, you know, talk about the word of the day or like do the man on the street thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I, <laughs> I am never mad. Like if they ask for word girl, sometimes I'll like, I will, sometimes I'll let her pick. Sometimes I'll let him pick, but often I will pick <laughs> <laughs> because they can't agree and, or I don't want to watch what they want to watch. But yeah, Word Girl is is on my list of uh, you know it's 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 always on my go to. Yeah. All right, okay. Sean. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, my second one is Degrassi. I don't I don't currently watch Degrassi. Degrassi's actually been on for like twenty twenty five years, something like that. But it's a teenage soap opera, so it's like an ongoing thing. If you if you drop out and don't watch it for a while. 
and then you come back, you might not know who some of the characters are, but the good thing is that it's a show that you can jump in and start watching, and since the characters are are evolving, uh, new characters come on, and then you're you're watching a whole new show within a couple of seasons, and you're and you're caught up. But th- it's from it's it's from Canada, and it was originally called. Have you guys ever heard of this show? Heard of it, never seen. Yeah, it. Yeah, I, I I didn't know it was still on. Yeah, oh yeah, it's still on. Well, it was originally the way I started watching it is that when I was a teenager, there was a show called. The kids of the grassy street or the grassy high school or something like that, but it came on. Yeah, I, remember, I remember it was the grassy high. Yeah, it, it came on Sunday mornings on like, on them. like PBS or something, you know. Uh-huh. So I would watch it, and um, it was, we're talking like mid '90s, something like that. And it was a good show for teenagers to watch because it dealt with issues that we faced and kind and but had interesting storylines with it. It was kind of like. Um, an after-school special, but with characters that you actually get to care about over time, and they dealt with alcohol, drugs, uh, cheating, uh, rape, abortion, steroids—you know, all that kind of stuff. So then uh, MTV brought it back a few years ago and called it Degrassi: The Next Generation, I think. And and uh, and now the newest incarnation is called Degrassi: The Next Class, and it's on Netflix. So if you have older teens, I think it's fine for them to watch it, even even watch it by themselves. But if they're younger, like say 13 or 14, then I would definitely watch it with them and then have a discussion about what they saw and probably don't let them binge it. You know, one or two episodes is probably enough because it, it can deal with some serious stuff sometimes. Um, hmm. But it, it can be very easy to fall into because it's presented in an ongoing format and you can find yourself watching it they'll have marathons or they used to when it was on MTV they would have marathons on the weekends and you would find yourself watching episode after episode and uh it's probably not good to see that many social issues one after another when you're <laughs> when you're 13 or 14 years old you know small 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 doses but uh but yeah it's it's a good show and uh, I don't know where you would go if you wanted to watch any of the older ones because the only ones that I know that are available on Netflix are the new ones but like I said, it's it's been around since the mid '90s. Some of the characters that were kids on the uh, original show are now parents and teachers on the new show. You know, so that's that's kind of cool how they did that. But yeah, so Degrassi, Degrassi, the next class, Degrassi Junior High. If it says Degrassi, it's the it's the same thing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Rick, what what you got next? Okay, um, you you may notice a theme <laughs> running through a lot of my stuff. You know, I have I, I am the only guy in a house with three other females. <laughs> um, and while my old my oldest, uh, you know, uh, is you know she's got she's got her own stuff she's into now. Um, I Sharon, my my five year old is she's you know my my oldest is is my stepdaughter. And she was five when my wife and I got married. So, uh, you know, I never went through the, the, the baby stuff with her. Uh, you know, Sharon is my, my only, you know, biological child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I have, I haven't like specifically said, you will only watch women's strong shows. That would defeat the purpose, I think, of you. you uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we also, you know, she she has, 
a Captain America doll. She has a Finn doll. She has a Ray doll. She has Wonder Woman and Supergirl. And and she said to me the other day, I want. I don't have a Superman doll like Supergirl. I was like, well, let's go find one. And then, then we never did. But um, <laughs> while I'm I'm not trying to keep her away from all of the male superheroes and stuff like that, I am trying to make sure there are plenty of strong female, uh, you know positive role models for her to look at um so i i i'm i'm saying this by way of just explaining why i keep bringing this up um excuse me sorry um because in the next the next show i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about first of all the the main characters are two guys (laughs) but um it's it's a it's a a cartoon called the wild kratz oh yeah now if my my hmm? my daughter requested that tonight actually Cool, cool. Wild Kratz is great. Now, what I didn't know, I, I learned this after we'd been watching Wild Kratz for like almost a year, is that you remember the old show Zaboomafu? Oh, yeah, what? I do. Okay, there was a, a lemur by the name of Zaboomafu. I never actually watched the show. I just kind of knew of it and saw, you know, I just remember sort of That was one of my, that was one of my think, son's think, favorites when he was young, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Martin and Chris Kratz were on that show, and they are... Uh, they are brothers, and they are uh, uh, wildlife specialists. They're you know like Steve Irwin and, and stuff like that. Only not as not as crazy as Irwin. <laughs> um, but they've got this this cartoon now called the Wild Kratz, and every every show starts with them live action somewhere in the world talking about some kind of animal or some sort of ecosystem or something, and then. They 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 say you know what if we could wouldn't it be great if we could go you know down to the bottom of the ocean and swim with the giant squids and they go what if and they take this pose and then they turn into cartoons and then the episode begins and it's Martin and Chris Kratt and then they're on this this turtle it, it's called the Tortuga it's the ship they live in it's an airplane slash boat slash hovercraft slash you know super ship thing. And they've got a their their crew is they've got uh um Jimmy who's the pilot and all he does is play video games and eat pizza. Uh you've got Koki who's the computer whiz and keeps the ship running, and you've got I am having such a terrible time with names this um <laughs> And you didn't want to take notes. I um uh, <laughs> it's it's been a very rough week. Um all right, I've got to look this up. I can't believe I can't remember her name. She's my favorite character on the oh, whole, the, on the darn the, show. She's the the inventor, right? The Latina girl, huh? Yeah, she's the one that does the does the the creature power suits. Uh, Aviva. Aviva. Yeah. Uh, Aviva. Okay. Okay. And Aviva. Aviva. Um, <laughs> she is the inventor, and the the cool thing she in, she makes is. The Wild Krat, the Crap Brothers have creature power suits, and what they do is Aviva programs them to have the creature powers of whatever particular animal is the focus of this week's show of this of this episode. And then what they do is they they put the the, the creature power disc in in the suit, and then they have to touch the animal, and then they become a a like roboticized version of that animal. Oh, cool! And now. Sharon has her own creature power suit that we got her for Christmas a couple of years ago, and it comes with a little, you know, creature. Power. When we had to tell her it wouldn't turn her into an actual animal, she was very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but they have they have lots of enemies. There's like there's there's um uh uh Zach. Anyway, he 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 takes animals and he turns he uses them to power robots. Uh, for for nefarious purposes, there's uh, Danita Donata, who's a fashion designer who always likes to use live animals in her fashions. Uh, there's <laughs> Gourmand, who's a, a a chef who likes to eat endangered animals, and they're they're always you know they're always squaring off with these people, but it's it's never scary. It's very Captain it, Planet. Yeah, and it's all solid biology sharon has learned so much about animals from watching the show and she doesn't even realize she's learning from watching the show because it's so much fun and it's a show i could sit down and watch even if she wasn't here it's just a lot of fun the crap brothers are very fun they're very charismatic they're just a couple of guys who happen to know a lot about animals uh and it's it's just it's a really cool show i like it a lot it's got two really strong female role models there's absolutely no romance whatsoever in it there's nothing along those lines it's just it's just here's how to live with the animals in our environment and uh and i love it yeah my, and it's on pbs pbs my, kids my son used to like i said he used to watch zaboomafu he was uh my son was huge in the animals when he was a kid i mean he was he was to the point that he, he loved uh, especially sharks and if you bought him a book oh, yeah. if you bought him a book about sharks well, that book's not good enough. I want a book that shows me like the skeleton and the muscles and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, Ooh, cool. you know. So, but shows like uh, like Zabumafu were right up his his alley. So we watched that pretty much on a daily basis. So yeah, we would go to the zoo and he would see the lemurs and he was a hey Zabu. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. so. All right, I go ahead, you. John. Yeah, I just I, I'm just gonna say on the. Um... Even before Zabumafu, there was a show called Kratz Creatures. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that was just like that was like all live action. So they slowly, <laughs> every show they get a little more into the uh, the world of fantasy because first they would just like, um, you know, they were like they'd like let's let's look at this animal, let's look at this animal, and then Zabumafu where they had you know they introduced a little bit of animation and Muppetry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now they're now they're going uh, full on animation with the Walkerettes. So, Zach uh, Varmatech, that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, once again, uh, we go to the uh, the uh, the wellspring of PBS Kids. Um, this is, and again, I, I list the ages, and really, it's just like the 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 youngest that I think would get something out of it, but. You know, I, I listed this as uh, five or six, but, you know, my, my, my three-year-old loves it, too. And I love it. Uh, this is Odd Squad. Oh, uh, yeah. On, on PBS. It's They're so on my list, funny. too. So <laughs> funny. Uh, so Odd Squad is um, uh, this... I can't even call it... It's not even a secret organization, because everybody knows about them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's this organization of kids that just random weird stuff happens and they're the ones that you call they're like the men in black um but it's 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 like they were the men in black but everybody knows about aliens and it's not just aliens it's, it's like you know it's anything like maybe odd squad my toes turn into piano keys yeah we gotta get <laughs> like, like that's the kind of stuff that happens it's completely random uh <laughs> like if, if agents of shield you know uh no, they're basically agents of Shield. 
with, with they, they have they have enemies. It's 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 great. It's great. Um, and the the learning aspect of it is uh, math. It's math based. So um, you know, and, and I and I said five or six based on you know kind of the like the level the level of uh, what the lessons are. So you so um, you know you're not going to be doing any long division, but you'll learn about uh, rounding and. Um, what else do they do? They do approximation. They'll do um, like deductive reasoning, um, like basic geometry. Uh, but it but it's woven into these ridiculous, fantastic stories that um, like I, I will I will literally laugh out loud at Odd Squad. Yeah, it's awesome. I, you know what what got me the most about Odd Squad, and the first time I heard it, I had to wait a minute. Did they just say what I thought they did? Is when they go, I gotta go to the math room. <laughs> I was like, that is the most brilliant thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. PB, PBS um, has really come a long way since I was a kid, because when I was a kid, the only thing PBS had was Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, and Square One. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and now they've got. Yeah, I think they've got. A Odd lot Squad is more like a descendant of like the Electric Company. And, yeah, I was going to say stuff it's like kind that. of Electric Company, like. Um and like the, it's again very very. Self-aware, like they know parents are watching this stuff, like they'll so. Um, the 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 chief of Odd Squad of this division of Odd Squad because it's a worldwide organization, of course. Of course. Um, <laughs> is uh, Miss O. Uh, who's, I don't know, maybe eight? Eight, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'd say maybe eight or nine, a uh, little girl of color with a big booming voice and apparently <laughs> can lift cars and stuff. Like she, and, and they'll do flashbacks to like when she was a rookie or when she was like working the beat and it'll be like Miami Vice. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be like a Miami Vice episode. And they'll be like, how old are you? That's not the point. <laughs> so good so good love that show all right i've i've only got one more on my list and it is a a current show it's not a kid's show but it is a show that i watch with my kids and we all seem to enjoy it but it is the wall on nbc it's a game show and it has nothing to do with immigration it is a a, a, good, a great show for families to watch together because, like I said, it's a game show, but there's really not any skill involved. It's all chance because it's hosted by Chris Hardwick, and the premise is uh, pretty simple. They bring in a couple, whether they be married or siblings or friends or something like that, and they drop these big – they look like ping pong balls, but they're really big, you know, and uh, they're about the size of a bowling ball, and they drop them down a Plinko-style wall – toward uh, dollar amounts that are on the bottom and they ask a trick at the beginning they ask a trivia question they have to answer before the balls get to the bottom and if they get the answer right and they get it before the balls enter the uh, dollar amount then they win that amount of money if they get the answer wrong then they don't win anything or they'll lose money if they have me on the board actually in the second round one of them goes into isolation the other one chooses out of the seven numbers that are up at the top of the board for 
uh, the green balls to be dropped. And then when they drop the green balls, then whatever amount they land in, they get that amount of money. Then they ask trivia questions to the person in isolation. If they get the answer right, the balls turn green and they win money. If they turn red because they get the question wrong, then they lose money. So it's easy for them to win up, upwards of a half million dollars and then a red ball land in the million dollar slot and they lose everything. You know? Oh, that sucks. Yeah, but it's a... Uh, but it's a really, I mean, it, it, it's tense because you can see people getting up. They've got over a million dollars in the in the at the beginning of the last round, and then all of a sudden they lose all their money. But then they gain a lot of it back by the end, and then and then the very end of the show, they send a contract back to the person that's in isolation, and they tell them, "You can sign this contract. You'll get this amount of money, and it might be a hundred thousand dollars. It's basically whatever they won in the first round plus." a certain amount of money for every question that they got right. So they might, it might be a hundred thousand dollars. It might be $200,000 and they'll tell them, sign the contract. You'll get that. If you don't sign it, if you tear it up, then you're going to win whatever's on the wall. And as far as that person in isolation knows, it can be $6 million or it can be zero. They don't know. So they have to make that decision. So, so do they, if, all right. So say, say I'm in isolation. Yeah. And and I get a trivia question, and I say the answer is uh, elephants. Will you tell me if that's right or wrong, or do or you just go to the next question? No, they just go to the next question. What they do is the person that's out that's outside that's that's looking at the board. They'll give that person they're all they're all multiple choice questions. They'll give that person all the answers, and then they'll say, but they won't tell them what the question is, and they'll say based on those answers and what you think your partner knows about that which one of these slots at the top do you want to put the ball in you know so they'll decide you know if they want to put it up on seven which is all the way to the right and most of the big dollar amounts are on the right side of the board okay you know they'll, gotcha. they'll do that and so, so i'm betting i'm betting on I, I get to decide how much confidence i have in my partner's answer yeah and then the part your partner answers a question if they get it right then that ball turns green, and they drop it, and whatever it falls into, they win that amount of money. That it could fall into the million dollar slot, or it could fall into a one dollar slot. You know, it, it, whatever. But if they get the answer wrong, the ball turns red, and whatever it falls into, they take that away. Right. You know? So they could lose everything on one wrong answer. And there's, there's been guys that's gone in there, and got every trivia question wrong. And they still end up winning money because uh, because they get three green balls at the beginning of every round, or four four green balls at the beginning of every round, and just based on those, they win a lot of money. And then they luck up, and and the wrong answer is only landing in like one dollar or ten dollar slots or something like that, so they didn't lose as much. But then if they tear that contract up, and there's nothing on the wall, they've lost all their money. Then they don't get anything for the whole game, you know, and that did happen. There was one episode this season where they had nothing on the wall and the guy in isolation tore up the contract and he said, yeah, I tore it up. So what'd we win? And he's like, we didn't win anything, bro. <laughs> that sounds very stressful. You know, to me. It is, it's, <laughs> but it's, but it, it, it kind of goes along with those kinds of game shows like uh deal or no deal that they had a few years ago. Yeah. Games that are, I mean, they're games, but they don't require any skill. You know, who who wants to be a millionaire? You have to know some stuff. This, you have to, <laughs> yeah. This, right. 
they ask trivia questions, but there's other stuff that you can do to win money besides just answering trivia questions, you know. So it's it's fun to watch, and and by my family's watching it, and they're screaming at it, you know, like no, no, don't do that, don't do that, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. So it's it, it, it's fun to watch as a family. Might not be as fun to watch just sitting there by yourself, but <laughs> <laughs> so um, what else have you guys got? You got anything else? I got I got a few others. Okay, uh, uh, I could yeah. I could go all night. <laughs> okay, we'll just <laughs> stuff. So. Yeah, we'll when, just, when you want to call it, just let me know. No, I, you, we'll, we'll do a couple more. I don't have any more, yeah. but I'll let you guys I, do a couple more. I've I've got a couple more and and some honorable mentions. So so uh, you go ahead, Rick. Okay, um, uh, one thing you know I I before I decided to go into theater, uh, I wanted to be a marine biologist. Uh, and then I took chemistry <laughs> and discovered <laughs> that I'm much better at theater. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, so it it really, really makes me happy that my, my daughter loves this show. It's called Octonauts. That's on my list, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, on uh, it's, yeah. it's on your honorable mentions, yeah. It, yeah. It's aimed at slightly younger kids, so probably more like, you know, four or five years old. It's, uh, it's a cartoon. It's these animal... Well, okay, there, it has a lot of similarities to shows like Thunderbirds in that this is a an emergency response team that live under the ocean. And they're they're all animals. Like their 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 leader is a polar bear, their doctor is a penguin, uh, there's a professor who's an octopus, uh, there's a pirate who's a cat, you know, there's they're they're all these different animals, they're anthropomorphic animals. And they respond to emergencies under the ocean, and so and and every episode deals with some kind of of undersea animal, uh, whether it's you know a, a a lion's mane jellyfish or a cookie cutter shark, and it's and it's and that's the cool thing. It's not just like the animals you see in every other show. You know, if they're talking about a shark, it's something obscure like a cookie cutter shark or or you know, if it's a jellyfish, it's the you know the giant lion's mane jellyfish or something, and so and then they they interact with these things, and of course they all talk, and it's it's a British show, and they all have have these really um, um adorable British accents and stuff, <laughs> um, and you know they deal with hermit crabs and and uh of you know various kinds of fish and algae and jellies and and just. Anything and and the the cool thing about this show is that when Sharon gets talking about undersea life now, she'll like make sure I use the correct terms. I can't say jellyfish or starfish anymore <laughs> because oh, right. it's it's jellies or sea stars or you know it. it she knows this stuff, and she doesn't. Re- Again, it's one of those shows that's so much fun. Your kids don't realize they're learning while they're watching this show. Um, you know, it's very simplistic from an animation standpoint. Um, and one of the one of the characters, uh, uh, um, oh, and there I go with the names again. Anyway, he he's a, a pirate, and you know he's got an eye patch, and he's ar 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 ar. And it's, he's a nice you know, pirate. Kinda, he, he's a nice pirate, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's kind of silly. He gets into a sword fight with some swordfish in one episode. And it's kind of funny, um, but it it's a lot of fun. It's very educational. And it's short. It, each each episode is like 24 minutes long, and it consists of two smaller segments. So it's like really good for 
the mornings when she's, you know, when she has to watch a learning show because, you know, if she oversleeps, we can just watch one segment. Uh, or if she gets up especially early, we can watch like three, you know, uh, an episode and a half or something like that. And they always show the animal at the end of each sec at, at the end of each little episode adventure thing. They always show the actual pictures of the actual animal, uh, you know, as opposed to the cartoon version that they've been talking to the whole the whole thing. So it's just it. I, I love the show and she loves it. And it, it's just a lot of fun. And it's totally, totally benign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. The, the little the, when they show the the actual animal, they, they, they do the, uh, the recap song. Creature Which report, like, yeah. The creature report, yeah. Oh, so. that song will get stuck in your head. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's good because it, it'll like you will learn. Like these are the three things you need to know about this animal, mm-hmm. and you and you'll learn it, like you said, without realizing you learned it. All right, John. Okay. John, what you got? Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, we've 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 talked around this a couple of times. Uh, My Little Pony, <laughs> Friendship is Magic, is a great show. <laughs> I don't consider myself a brony, per se. Have you ever but... dressed up and gone to a convention? As a pony? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awful long pause. <laughs> well, I meant, I, meant a, I meant a My Little Pony convention. <laughs> No, no. As, as a My Little Pony character, no. Um, but uh, someone did bring me back some My Little Pony memorabilia, and I said thank you, because it was cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so... For anyone who hasn't actually seen the show, um, it is not the My Little Pony of the 80s. Um, it, it is... Um, Again, like this is this is apparently as is, is a thing for me where like the children's show has to be uh, self aware and witty uh, for me to for me to actually want to watch it. And My Little Pony does that. It it basically exists in a almost D and D type. I mean, not like the, the, nothing's horrible in there, but like. Like the the types of creatures you would encounter, like centaurs and dragons and trolls and all that stuff, um, they're in this world, and they actually the plots. You know, friendship is magic. You know, it, it's a very saccharine notion, but they actually write it very well. Uh, so there is like magic in their friendship there there was like actual power of these group this group of uh six friends who um who are all very different but you know respect each other and uh, you know blah 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 have their own unique abilities um and yeah you know the valuable life lessons like is for me this is mainly on the list like a lot of a lot of my other picks you know, we're actual like more educational type shows, but this is just is just really entertaining. Yeah, um, uh, very pop culture savvy, um, and the characters do actually evolve over time. Like, you know, the stuff that they 
deal with and encounter in season one isn't going to be the same as the stuff they deal with and encounter in season two or three because like they they the characters that they meet um are you know become recurring characters and they evolve and the main characters as well evolve so like they um like not just in personality but also in abilities um yeah you know i'll let (laughs) i'll let america judge (laughs) you know what labels america whatever (laughs) but no it, it is it is it is a really good show it is it is really good. I think it's like in season I don't know six or seven, and they've done like some you know some spinoff um, movies. They did you know they go to another dimension where they're in high school. I'm not interested. None of that stuff. I'm not. It's not my thing. Um, and I'm saying them. I guess they're okay, but no, no, it's not not my thing. But yeah, the 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 actual uh, friendship is magic um, animated series. It's from, it's from the same. It's from one of the creators of um, Powerpuff Girls and uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, which were both also shows that I love. But um, <laughs> I would say not necessarily so family friendly as this one. Yeah. Although they are family friendly. Well, I would never. I would never. I'm, I would never make fun of anybody's fandom because I'm I'm a grown man that wore a Power Rangers T-shirt to work today. You know, so, so, you know, got one in my loot crate this month and it was actually pretty awesome because it's got, I don't know if you guys saw it on Facebook. I put a picture of it last night and it's like a blueprint of the, uh, the Megazord and it's got all the parts (laughs) separate and everything. If you got, okay. If you guys don't mind, I've actually got one more that I know you guys want to talk about too, but we'll do that. We'll do this as the last one because we're running, we we're hitting the 90 minute mark here. But um, I would do it. I would be doing a disservice if I didn't say anything about the Lego Batman movie. So <laughs> I told you guys that I was behind the eight ball on the Lego movie. I just saw it for the first time a, a few weeks ago. But when I heard that they were making a Batman standalone Lego movie, even before I saw the Lego movie, I knew I was going to be in because I, I love the Lego Batman video games and. You would think that this is, you would think it's going to be making fun of Batman, but then the WB wouldn't make it if it was making fun of Batman. This is, this is a hilarious movie and you could absolutely tell that it was made by a bunch of people that really love Batman. (laughs) Both of you guys were seeing it, it, right? Yeah. It, it, it it does spoof it a little bit, but it's, it's, it's. It's loving it is, ripping as opposed yeah, it is, to it is a loving yeah. send up, I would say. But it's like if you're making fun of your little brother, it's not it's not it's yeah. not making fun of something uh, spitefully or whatever. Yeah. No, no, it's laughing with him. Yeah, At, you know, in that in as much as he would laugh. <laughs> but I, I laughed all the way through it, and I actually almost cried a couple of times because this th- this movie had a lot more heart to it than I thought it was going to. Uh, you know, and the scene the scene where. Um, and th- this is why a lot of podcasts don't talk about comedies because we just end up talking about <laughs> specific, quote yeah, quote, quoting lines <laughs> from the movie. But when uh, when the Joker tells him, you know, I'm your your greatest enemy or whatever, and says, "What? No, you're not. You're not my greatest enemy." <laughs> and then he goes into that, that whole long spill, you know, where it starts out as a funny line, and then at the end, by the end of that line. The Joker's about to cry, <laughs> and, and Batman's basically telling him, "I don't care about anyone," <laughs> you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. I'm like, man, that got dark fast. <laughs> but then when they started doing the thing where the Joker is um, naming off 
all these characters, all these uh, villains, and it's villains that you haven't seen since the '66 Batman, like uh, like uh, Egghead, and then uh-huh. and then you've got the the calendar, the calendar, it's the, the calendar man or calendar something, I don't know, uh, and then the Condiment King, <laughs> yeah. you know, characters like that that were in, may may have been in the comic book one time. You know, but uh, and and, the, and they they mention all these names, and then the guy's like, "You you made some of those up," and said, "No, I didn't. It's worth a Google." <laughs> <laughs> I've probably said I've that. I've got to see the movie fi- again because there's like so many jokes flying so fast. There's no way to catch them all. I've probably yeah. said it's worth a Google about fifty times this week. <laughs> it's worth a Google. <laughs> but yeah, that that was really good. I I, I would. Definitely plan to see that again. All these callbacks to old Batman properties, like the old movies, the '66 series, the animated series. Um, he fought villains from other properties, like Sauron and Voldemort and the Daleks. I think he just called them British robots or something. Like that. British yeah. robots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which that that's kind of a callback to Lego Dimensions because they have characters from all kinds of different properties um, in that vi- in the video game of Lego Dimensions. You know, you can be Marty McFly, you can be Doctor Who, you know, all these characters are in just in one video game, you know. So, uh, it's it's a great family film. I think there was one joke that was a little bit risque, but it's done in a way that just sells completely over your kids' heads so that they, they won't catch it. Yeah, really? my, my kids missed, I'm going to say, a good 80% of the jokes. Because yeah. they, they didn't have the, the frame of reference. Yeah, like they, yeah, absolutely. What, what joke was... Uh, the one where I, I, the one where uh, Robin says, "My name is Richard Grayson." All the kids call me Dick, and he said, "Oh, well, kids oh. can be cruel." <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it was interesting. I, I took my daughter to see that because I, I learned a new thing um, about my daughter is finally old enough to go see movies uh, and and actually sit through them and behave herself more or less. Um, uh, like we saw Moana and we saw uh, um, Secret Life of Pets and Sing. Um, all are fun movies, by the way. Um, Moana's awesome. Secret Life of Pets is fun. Sing, your kids will like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good singing. Um, yeah, good songs. Good singing. It was cute. It wasn't great. It wasn't painful, but it's not, right. you know, we're not going to be talking yeah. about that movie in 30 years. Um, <laughs> but we, so. Now it's like when a movie comes out that I want to see that Sharon might be good to see, I don't have to wait. <laughs> we can just <laughs> right. go. Um, so we went, we, well, we were going to go the Saturday it opened and then she didn't get a good grade at school. So we had to, we, we went that Sunday and so you had to suffer. I had to suffer. Right. <laughs> she, I thought for sure she would, that would be the, enough inspiration for her to behave herself at school. And then she bit another kid. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, um, okay. Lost it. Hang on. What, what, um, I do the same thing with my daughter. I, uh, when, when some of this stuff comes out that I know my wife has no interest in going to see, as long as it's not something very adult, I'll drag her with me. And and when oh, oh. we went to see something, and the and the preview for this came out, I came on and I looked I looked at my daughter and said, "You're gonna go see that with me, right?" And she said, "No, I don't want to see that." And I said, "Well, I don't want to go watch it by myself." Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I remembered what I was gonna say. I'm sorry. I'm just terrible tonight. No, um, fine. so 
I have always had a problem with canon or whatever. Uh, like I, I don't read a lot of Star Trek novels because they're not quote unquote real. Yeah. And it's not a matter of me making this choice of, Oh, I do not wish to partake of your particular brand of fan fiction, even though it's published. No, there's something in my head that like, even as a kid, when I saw the gold key Star Trek comic books, I couldn't figure out how they fit into the universe. Um, and then, you know, now that I I know that they don't, they never had to, they never would. But as a, as a you know, a, a seven, eight, nine-year-old kid, it drove me insane trying to figure out what these things meant. And I now know I come by it honestly, because at the end of the movie, I said, so honey, did you like it? And she said, no. <laughs> now, this was after her having fun for an hour and a half. I know she was enjoying it. Right. Why didn't you like it? Barbara Gordon's not supposed to be a commissioner. <laughs> okay. Alfred's not supposed to fight. Okay. And all those... Batman doesn't fight giant monsters. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, I've got a little budding cannon snob sitting next to me. <laughs> yeah, but if they stuck the cannon, then we'd have Lego Joker shooting Lego Barbara Gordon in the gut and, and leaving I, I her know. paralyzed. You know, so. <laughs> and... and then, and then we were like, well, um, and the thing is, she's watched, I have the box set of the, of the Adam West Batman series, and she's watched a bunch of them. And Alfred used to put on the bat suit all the time to throw people off and stuff. Yeah. But she, does, she doesn't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because she had a great time. And she does that. It'll be like, if there's one thing that bothers her in a movie, no, I didn't like it. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> Do you want it so we don't we won't buy it when it comes out? And no, we we need we, we can buy it when it comes out. <laughs> it's a Batman yeah. movie, yeah. <laughs> it's going in the it's going in the collection. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved it. I thought that was great. Um, need to see it again. Need to see it. And again. they're already talking about. Of course, in. of course, they're going to make another Lego. They're going to make like the Lego Movie two, and I think they're probably going to make a Lego Batman two. But they're already talking about a Lego Justice League movie. You know, and and you you get Lego Ninjago coming out later this year. I think Lego's yeah. got a good thing going. And if they get the permission, which I mean, WB, you know, they've got a lot of properties. If they get the permission to make like Lego versions of a lot of this stuff, they would be really interesting because you, you already got video games like Lego Indiana Jones. I'd love to see a Lego Indiana Jones movie. I think that would be cool, you know. Yeah. But um, I don't know if J.K. Rowling would go for a Lego Harry Potter movie, even though they have a Lego Harry Potter game. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know if she'd go along with a movie. <laughs> and folks, just just so you know, because uh, I, I had to disabuse a friend of mine about this. You don't need to have seen the Lego movie to see the Lego Batman movie. They're not, aside from the fact that they're Lego, they're not in any way connected. Yeah, Batman was a character That's in the first point. movie, but nothing that he did in that first movie goes along with this. But if you are in any way a Batman fan, you will love this movie because of all the call and the voices. I mean, my God, there's so many. Yeah. And some of them just came in and did one or two lines. You know, and I was surprised. Billy D. Williams, I love Billy D. Williams as Two Face <laughs> yeah. because if, if you don't know the story behind that, which I know you guys do, but Billy D. Williams played Harvey Dent in the original '89 Batman with Michael Keaton, and he took that part knowing that they were eventually going to make a Two Face movie, and then when they made the Two Face movie, they recast it. <laughs> you know, yeah. we suck for Billy, Billy D. Williams, but then they got him to come back and do 
Two Face's voice in this, which was pretty cool. You know. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, uh, put a pin in it. And uh, wait, 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 let me do my honorable mentions. Go ahead. I won't I won't, I won't go into them. Um, just Add Magic, which uh, I mentioned on a previous episode, and actually was kind of also the inspiration for this show. I was like, well, you know, we should just do a whole full show full of uh, family friendly stuff. And here we are. <laughs> uh, Leapfrog, which is you know kids learning. Uh, stuff a lot of it's on netflix and amazon oh yeah and um, it's great buddy. stuff too they, they, they my my daughter learned her alphabet with leapfrog <laughs> yeah uh you already mentioned octonauts and i will also add uh team umizumi oh yeah uh, what's another uh nick jr show and you can get that on amazon prime uh the three little i don't know maybe five inch tall superheroes that um <laughs> solve the problems of whatever city they're in uh with- billy geo and bot yeah, with math <laughs> and 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 funky tunes. <laughs> I, I tried I tried to explain to Sharon that the guy that voices Bot is Joe from uh from Blues Clues, and she, the the idea of it, she, she just couldn't grasp it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's that's a big concept. And it was Joe. It was Joe the first guy or the second guy on Blues Clues. The second guy. Oh, okay, I got you. The second. Steve was the first guy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> No, I heard that's not what happened. I heard that what the reason well, that no. he, the reason that he left was because uh, there's all rumors going around that he he left because he had cancer and he was going to die and stuff like that. But uh, no. no, he left because he was starting to lose his hair and he didn't want to go bald in front of all the kids. You know. Well, no, the 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 the, the actual. Well, I pushed my glasses up on my nose. <laughs> what, what actually, actually is that. Uh, and you, you you can find his band. He he left. He he had a band. He, he was a, a a rock and roll band. Yeah. Okay. And he he, you know that the the hair thing might have been part of it. And he'd been doing it for like six years, and he was really sick of it, and uh, wanted to do you know some grown up stuff. Uh, and so he left the show to try to get his band going, and it just it just never really took off. Yeah. Sounds like Keanu Reeves kind of did fun. the same thing, but luckily he had something to fall back on again <laughs> yeah okay john were you gonna say something else nope that's it all right yep well of course you can always find us on itunes stitcher podcast attic on the android store as well as our website at cosmicpotato.com make sure you leave us a rating and a review wherever you find us because that helps us become more visible to potential listeners and if you want to reach out to us and participate on the in the show Write us on Facebook or Twitter. Email us at mail at cosmicpotato.com. If you send us something good, then I'll read it on the show. If you send us something, if you send us something bad, John has a drawer I'll where read he keeps it. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. We truly do appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. And be sure that you listen to the next episode of Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, when you might hear John say, I've been like tinkering with our uh, censorship system. Uh, I think it's... I'm ready to try it out. So here we go. <clears throat> what the f***? Holy f***. Can you believe this f***ing guy? Can you Son of a f***ing bitch. See? <laughs> Works great. Yeah, it worked wonderfully. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you were trying to edit your cursing with more cursing... <laughs> 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 It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs>